Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello, and a very warm welcome to Five in the Eye on Clover Radio. As regular listeners will know, this is the show when we send our trawler out to catch the week's top stories and then sift through them in our news nets. <laughs> I'm Mike Lohajuru, and you're listening to episode 0410. And joining Michael via Zoom this week is Phil Woodford, revealing that we're welcoming a very special guest to the show. She's been a loyal supporter of our news reviews since the early days, but is joining us for the first time today. It's Lola Hatmill. Hi there, Lola, and welcome to Five in the Eye. Hi, Phil. Hi, Michael. It's great to be here on the show. So what's our first story going to be this week? Well, Netflix has come under fire from the Egyptian government for its portrayal of a black Cleopatra. Five in the eye. And what's story number two this week? It's the Metropolitan Police exercising powers to detain Republican protesters in advance of the King's coronation. A step too far? And veteran singer Lionel Richie made an appearance at King Charles's party, but some were underwhelmed by his performance and telling him that it's now time to take it easy. We asked Michael whether older people should know when the moment comes to gracefully retire. That's story number three. For story number four, we know Phil doesn't have a driving licence, but thankfully he hasn't been out on Britain's roads for the last half century like one man recently apprehended by traffic cops. And to wrap up the show this week, would you get bored and a little annoyed if someone kept you waiting for your own coronation? That certainly seems to be the reaction of our new king. One is most frustrated. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We're going to kick off the story that... uh... Lola wanted us to do, and, I, and I, I, I wanted to do it, but it's such a big story. I just thought we can contain it, and it's about Netflix. Netflix documentary series on black queens, and the kickoff, well, not the kickoff, it features Cleopatra as a black woman, as a visibly black woman, and this outraged the Egyptian government. They're going to they're going to take them to court. They're going to do their own series of uh, of, of of Cleopatra as being white because she was not black. They were just adamant about that she was not black. This was really quite emotional. And you look at Twitter; those who still use Twitter, it's not a great state, but it's there. There was still there was it's not just the Egyptian government. Would you believe the far right, <laughs> the National Front? <laughs> They were saying that Cleopatra was not black. Now, I wonder why they were saying that. We could probably could discuss that. But coming back to the Egyptian government, the Egyptian government saying that Cleopatra is not black and, and their visible anger. It just made, you know, what was going on here, guys, is they were, were attacking a nation myth. The idea of who they are, their national identity. Just as, you know, the France have got Joan of Arc, we've got Bodicea, these, these mythical creatures. And they are creatures from the past. We build more, And when they get kind of people poke, not poke fun, but they kind of change them, it upsets them. So, Lola, you know, the direct question, does it matter that the, 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 the Cleopatra was black, white, green? Is that important? Um, well, I liked what um, Adele James, the mixed-race actress who's playing the Black Cleopatra in this upcoming four-part Netflix drama documentary, said. 
she recently stated via social media, if you don't like the casting, don't watch the show, which I thought was very appropriate. So it's one of those things, it's, um, you know, toss of a coin. If you, I'd, I'd watch it out of interest more than anything else, not just because of the colour of my skin. But apparently in, in BBC documentary in 2009 claimed Cleopatra had African blood. I've noticed, I, I read up on this, and it's an assertion which was said to have passed without incident. So, I don't know, in this day and age, with all this technology, it's easier to, to sort of jump on everything that anyone says. So, you know, um, that could be why it's been, the, the news has been more prevalent about this. Who knows? I mean, let's, you know, say that we could prove categorically kind of the skin colour of Cleopatra. And I mean, I don't suppose we ever, this has been debated, has it not, for for a very long time. It's just come to the fore um, with this Netflix uh, documentary. Incidentally, it's landed in my inbox and they are already, uh, they're, they're already promoting it uh, this week, this, this, this docu-series. Um, but let's say we could categorically say that she, she had a particular kind of skin colour. Does it matter who plays the part? Because we come back to that wider issue, which is a big issue in in, in um, theatrical circles now, which is kind of, are we casting people to conform uh, to to kind of preconceptions and, 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 and so on? Are we excluding people who come from different backgrounds from playing parts that would otherwise be open to them? I saw recently, for instance, there was... Um, there's a there's a kind of semi-pro production of Oliver, uh, the musical going on um, in, in a theatre, and they were casting for it, and they were saying, well, they'd, they, they'd be happy to have girls play uh, the parts of the urchins, yeah. Um, and and so, does, does this matter? Should we should we mind if people different people represent? I think you're confusing two things here. First, fiction plays books, characters, you know, can James Bond be black? You know, does he say what color is in the book? No. So we could well be black. We don't know. It's, it's fiction. We can make it up. You know, Henry the Henry the Eighth, Henry the, the Seventh, played by a woman. You know, come on, it's an idea. It's a play. What we're playing with here, though, for there's something quite different. This is natural, national identity. This is who you are or, or who you think you are. Who you think you are, and and how you go about the how you go about the world, it gives you that sense of pride, and literally nationhood. So when 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 someone says it's not, it wasn't quite like that. Well, then it does, you know, it doesn't really matter. That's not the point because I'm. It's in my head. It's in my head. Facts, you know, but facts are not so important. I was there was an expression I had to write it down here. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see if I can find it. The Grouch Brothers says, says, who are you gonna believe, me or your lying eyes? In the sense that you know, it's what people tell you. I mean, look at what Trump is doing today. Gaslights me, he's telling them, he's creating national myths, he's creating him. So I've got deep sympathy with the Egyptians and their frustration, but that because we've we've undermined. Who they are, and I, I, for me, it's a bit like, well, you're not so sure then. 
So you're gonna go, you're gonna be angry. This this anger that and, and the way they've done it kind of irrationally makes me think, well, you don't really believe that story. You you know your reaction your, your, your reaction is too dramatic. So what I'm saying to yourself, I have to say to myself, calm down. But but Lola, Lola, do you think? I mean, Michael's made a case, you know, why he understands why the Egyptians reacted the way they did. But Lola, do you think that the Egyptians own Cleopatra and that they have the right to decide who Cleopatra was? Because that's surely at the heart of this to a certain extent, isn't it? But also, the thing I love that I thought this morning when I woke up was the fact that I saw Gandhi, the film Gandhi, David Lean's Gandhi, and um, I don't know if you remember the actor who played Gandhi with mm. Ben Kingsley. Mm. And I don't remember anyone ever react. I don't remember anyone. I didn't even react to it. I thought, oh, you know, it's it's a, it's a film. It's a history of um, a history I wanted to see on on screen. But hey, let's beg to differ. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the documentary. Let's leave it there. Well, I, I, I actually watched it this morning. And I found it a little boring, a little bit pompous. <laughs> it seemed a bit full of itself. It only got a three-star review in The Guardian, I can see why. I think one of the interesting things was that they had an, uh, an English, an Engl- an, a, a British artist, a British actress playing Cleopatra. And something no one's picked up on that is the fact that once again, we get a black a black character in an American series being played by a British person. You know, I love that. What because what, what my takeaways for that was the American actors actors were so sort of saying, "You Brits are so cheap." <laughs> That's why you got the. They don't say we're great actors. The fact that we're cheap. So no, it's it's it, there's multi multifaceted. There's, multi, there's many ways into it. But but okay, I'm going to finish on my. I'm going to have the last point here. But Egypt, calm down. Cleopatra is who you want her to be in your head. That's what it's about. Who you believe she is. Move on. Live in the eye. Story number two this week uh, takes us back to the King's coronation. Um, very big event, hugely policed. Um, tens of thousands of police officers. One of the biggest security operations that uh, London has ever seen. Um, and you know, all the usual stuff applies. Yes, it was a it, it, it was a very big spectacle, a very British kind of spectacle. But there was some real controversy over the actions of the Metropolitan Police because prior to the demonstration, they arrested people from um, a group called Republic, um, who, as the name implies, and not you know, not hugely delighted with the idea of having a monarchy, and they 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 wanted to to demonstrate against the monarchy. The police have had powers tightened under the the current administration to allow them to be more proactive in in arresting people who might kind of potentially cause trouble and so on. These these people were held for 16 hours. The police um, then released them. They're not going to be charged with anything. And, uh, you know, some of the reaction, even from Tory MPs, was kind of, hold on a second, you know, this isn't really what Britain's all about. Um, you should be allowed to peacefully protest. The police's defence was that they had intelligence. There were, you know, going to be um, disruption and um, attempts to upset the horses and all the, you know, people using rape alarms to disturb the horses and so on. Um, Lola, what did you 
what did you make of this? I mean, it was a high-profile event. The police really couldn't afford for anything to go wrong, could they? And you could sort of see their side of it, maybe? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I defend the people. I think everyone should have the right to protest. I was always in unions from the age of 16 until I retired. I believe that one's right to protest is a, is a, is a, a given right. Um, and I'm not quite sure how the police should have um, handled things, but I, I do think the way they have done it and the way the government have reacted <laughs> to bringing in powers is, I, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to this country of mine that I've, you know, I, yet again, something that I just can't imagine having ever happened. But, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't protesting. Lola, I'm, I'm with you. I share your concern. You know, this was on a number of levels. First, the Metropolitan Police. They they're they're under they're under the microscope right now in terms of the reports, in terms of misogyny, the racism, the violence, and the corruption that's amongst them. So you think they'd be a little delicate in the way they handle these things. But this was so heavy-handed, so heavy and done so quickly. And they, and they, they had to formally apologize. Because the Republicans, they, they they've been negotiating for months with them. They were telling them what they were going to do. It's not as if this was these people were not responsible. They were responsible protesters. They wanted to do it the right way. Yet the Met were just so clumsy. I tell you, there were so many things. What was it about? They, they arrested people who, who had um, rape alarms. And again, they discussed this with the police. This was part of the mayor's office. These rape alarms were to protect women, you know, for fear of being raped. And they, and they were arresting them. And again, the optics. Come on, the misogyny, the, the rapists that are in the police, you know, and there you are, you're arresting people who want to defend themselves. To just, you know, this is this is beyond incompetence. It's beyond stupidity. You know, I'm, I'm tempted, I know it's a bit of a cliche. Are they fit for purpose? This well, I think you know, there, 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 is this, there is this whole question about the Met. You're absolutely right. And, you know, this is also a week in which, um, Scotland Yard discovered locked in a filing cabinet um, documents related to the, the case of Daniel Morgan, who was a private investigator who was found murdered in the 1980s. Ooh, and this was a report which suggested that the, uh, the, the a report came out last year which suggested that the, the police had been institutionally corrupt in the way that they'd uh, handled the investigation into his murder. And then suddenly we discover there's a whole load of documents they never even submitted to the inquiry. I mean, this hardly a week goes by where you don't have another really quite frightening story about the Met Police. And I, I completely take on board Michael's point there. On the other hand, if you look at it from the perspective of members of the public, they've got very tired, haven't they, of people like, uh, for instance, the stop oil protesters and the, the eco warriors um, locking on to things, gluing themselves to the street, disrupting traffic, stopping people getting to their operations, to funerals and, and so on. And that, uh, you could argue, well, the government was really just responding uh, to that concern about, about about all the disruption that's been caused. Uh, what do you say to that, Lola? Do you, do, do you think there's a, a case there? I think um, I, I find that, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I will, the government's quite inhumane. 
um, the 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 sense of humanity has gone right out of the right out of the window in this country. No, there's too few hearts. No compassion. The people who are compassionate are, are the commoner. Us commoners are compassionate, and we're not the ones in power, unfortunately. But it will change. Youngsters are coming up. I believe in young people. Having two young'uns myself, I believe that they're they're our future. I hope I live to see the day when some these things turn round and some more, you know, some some better behaviour is shown in our country that we can be. I'm I'm not proud of England, born and bred here, but I'm not proud of my country. But I hope to be again one day. Can I take that a little bit further, Lola? This is where we don't have a, a written constitution, you know, so the government can do what they like, and they do. Like within 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 within, within weeks of the the coronation, they introduced this new law, and this they, they, what was what's the expression they used? Lock lock up. No, no, is it lock locking on? Locking on. Dude, that's an offence now. If you've got a device that looks as though you can lock onto something, and the police only have to believe. You had the intent. It was in your head. It was in your head. You were going to use that device to lock on. <laughs> lock on to something. Well, that's it. We got you. And that's what they were saying. I understand. Well, one of the things they got them on was, you know, they have these banners. They, 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 were, they had some quick lock stuff around the banners to keep them together. And the police are saying, these were devices that could help you lock on to things. So it was just double think gone horribly, horribly wrong. And to your point, Lola, in terms of this government being about compassion, it's just, you know, it's in the same boat as the send back the boats, you mm. know, we're going to send them to Rwanda and all this nonsense. We, this, this, this humanity thing, the right to protest, the, the right to be a refugee. Now they've made it illegal to be a refugee. They've made it illegal to protest. You know, it, it's, it, well, the sooner they, they're gone, after yeah. 13 years, enough, enough. We want to come back to, I was going to say normality, but we never get back to normality. No. Just, I, think it's, I think it's blatant fear. If, just a bit of humanity. humanity. You, can see, you can see the fear. Um, and that's, we need someone um, who can, um, elected into the, the government, um, needs to actually sort of address that fear. I think that that is so blatant to me on the ground that bang, 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 let's bring in all this stuff and sort of batten people down. It's just fear because they're worried about what might, what might happen, not what is happening. Just in case this might happen, let's just throw in another law to stop anything happening. Exactly. Even though it hasn't happened. Then trying to lock us down. Well, not not to be a free and open society at ease with itself. Mm. We're going to police it, control it. Live in the eye. Story number three. Lola, you wanted to bring up the subject of Lionel Richie. It's not something we can talk all night long about, but start us off on this one. I, I think it's quite easy, actually. Um, <laughs> so I, I like Lionel Richie and the Commodores better than I did... Um, him as a, a solo artist. I didn't watch any of the concert, didn't watch any of the coronation simply because I was busy doing, busy living life. 
Um, but I, I did watch the a recording of on YouTube of um, his part of the concert. And as someone said, it was like um, a, someone on a cruise ship, singing on a cruise ship, adding, adding their sort of twiddly bits. And because they can't reach the notes, just, <laughs> just sounded, sounded quite atrocious. Mm, having been a, a lover of Motown music and soul music since I was a child, I didn't appreciate what he did. And I wish he hadn't done it. Like you, Lon, I didn't watch it live. I listened to it. And I got the impression he was trying really hard. He was with his people. He was having a good time. And it just, you know, this is where I think his people were listening. They were listening to the original in their head and feeling the vibe around them. And they were there. But if you step back and just listen to the sound, hmm. I guess he's, he's in his 70s now. So come on, man! You make these are songs you were making in your thirties and forties. You know, yeah, it does. This varies. This varies a lot, though, doesn't it, Michael? I mean, look, look, look at someone like Tom Jones, for instance. You know, uh, he, he's still on talent shows and comes comes on and sings, and his voice is unbelievable. It's it, it's it's like listening to someone who is forty years younger, isn't it? But, but his voice has changed. It's matured. It's developed, and he's producing music with his voice. That's the sound saying. No, music, contemporary music, with his voice today. He's not reliving the past all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, and he's changing. You know, there's a number. You look at Phil Collins. He's did it. He's moved on. His voice is changed. Sting. They, they've they've found a new way. If you if you stick in the past, like that, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to use the, the Rod word. Rod Stewart back in the day could do no wrong, but then you know when he crossed Atlantic, don't you think I'm sexy? And they've got that lyrical voice that just he just lost it, and now he he has, he tries to put it on, and then it just loses. Just as Lionel is trying to he's trying to put it on to be there for his fans, you know. Why don't he just sit, turn it into a sing song? <laughs> just da, 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 da. exactly rather than. Don't be so stupid. I guess they take themselves so seriously. And I was sorry, I know I'm going on. Let me finish. But he actually got back at his fans. He criticized them. Yeah, I started Twitter. I said, calm down. This is not good. This is not good. You know, you, you should never talk back to your critics because you can never win. You can never win. When you're in a hole, stop digging. <laughs> it was wrong, or they thought you were wrong. Move on. Move on. So, no, so all singers. Well, past his silver date. But was Elton John there? Elton John said enough. He admitted his voice isn't there, you know. So come well, on. You, you, you think he was going to do a new version of "Candle in the Wind"? Do you, Michael? Oh, <laughs> politically sensitive there. Politically sensitive. Five in the eye. We're going to move on to story number three. Story number three. Or even, story, story, even story number four, Michael. Yeah. But you know what? He loves doing that to me. You know, it's an age thing. Okay, I'll, it's an age thing. Half past four. No. Yeah. Moving Come on, on Lionel. St- Come on. <laughs> Moving on to story number four. This is one for you, Phil. This is a, a bloke who hasn't had a driving license for 50 years, but he's been insured. And the only way he got caught, he started bragging. Now, I'm wearing two hats with this story. The first, how do you get away 50 years filling in these insurance forms? and not have an accident. I'm tempted to say the old story, 
I've been driving for 50 years, never caused an accident. How many accidents has he caused? You know, he's, he's moved off, moved away beautifully and then chaos behind him. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just, on the one hand, in awe that he did it, Phil, because you, you, you're probably familiar with this now, not having a driving license. You don't know, when, when you fill out the form, you don't say you've got a driving license, do you? You don't, do you, Phil? <laughs> No, I, I I've never claimed to have a driving license on, on any on any forms, and I've never driven a car um, with thinking that I could get away with it uh, not having a license. I mean, you know, with, with, with me, it was just they just made the tests too hard, Michael. Really, that was that that was the problem. Now, maybe maybe that was the the problem this guy had even fifty years ago. The test was just too difficult um, because I, I didn't quite get to the bottom of why. You know, if he'd been driving successfully for fifty years and he really had avoided an accident, you sort of do wonder. Well, couldn't he have passed a test? I mean, you know, would that be would that be too much to ask, Lola? What did you make of this? Um, I this is quite delicate matter because um i can't imagine how anyone got away with it but yes in this police state as we said things are, are sort of you know things are heightened i learned to drive in france um when i was I, I learned to drive because a friend of mine passed her test we worked together in france and i bet her that if she passed i'd give it a go or else i would never never have learned to drive i don't like driving I, I, I turn into a different person when I when I used to drive. Used to get really sort of um, worried, not so much going where I was going, but having knowing that I had to come back. <laughs> just think, yeah. just get freaking out! Thinking, I, I got to do it all again. Um, I I I am. Um, it was all that driving down the right hand side of the road as well, wasn't it? Though, that I like driving. It was problems, great. Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. I did like driving. Used to do you know a lovely car as well, tax free car, <clears throat> but um. I I I think this guy well done that he got caught. It's very simple because you know the day would have come, something would have happened. You know, eventually, it, it didn't caught. matter how long it took, something would it have happened. It was his own bragging. That, 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 that was his downfall. Just because you know the profile that he was never stopped. He was always in the always within drive within the limits, and his his car was <laughs> looked right. Just seems incredible. Fifty years, you know, mm. under the ra- literally under the radar. It's a violation. It's it's absolutely a, a, a extraordinary story. I, I'm, I'm sure trying to say yeah. if he was black. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. Say it, that. It, it, it makes me think that we could do, we could do fifty years without a radio license, Michael. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure um, he's not the only one. I'm sure there are other people in the woodworks along somewhere. Someone somewhere is actually carrying on the same. Makes me quite nervous of being even a pedestrian on the road. Well, you know, know, there's still some countries in the world where you don't need a driving license. You know, the mainly the islands like the Vatican, San Marino. Some some South Pacific Islands, you don't need a license. So if you came from there, you could just get in the car and get going, I guess. Happy said that. No, they want to see your driving license, wouldn't they? You would if you came from Vanuatu or some one of the some island or somewhere, they'd want to see you. It'd be difficult. So no, I'm I'm, I'm with you, Lola. Respect for him to get this far. You know, and it was only his, only his shouting that 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 was a, that was his undoing. That caused that caused his car crash. <laughs> five in the eye. Story number five this week to wrap up the show. We're back to the coronation, and picture the scene: Charles and Camilla have 
arrived at their destination, uh, but they're kept waiting. And um, the um, there's a whole team of kind of body language experts and lip readers and and, and so on who, uh, who who are ready to interpret the intimate moments that have gone on during the uh, during the coronation. And uh, and apparently Charles admitted to the the wait being rather boring. You know, I was thinking, come on. Come on, man! You know this whole thing has been um, put on in your honour. Show a little bit of uh, humility and grace here. I, 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 there's something I didn't really like about this Lola: the fact that he could be, he could get so kind of frustrated about a tiny little glitch. Well, apparently he was early. That's one. One of the they were waiting for um, William, Kate, and um, the children who were running on time. And Prince Charles, King Charles was early. So he was impatient. Maybe he didn't have a watch on. I don't know whether he wears a watch. Maybe he didn't have a clue what time it was. And I think if, if one needs to know the time, one asks one's uh, uh, servants or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I think it's just, I like the, I do like some of the times he shows his humanity. I've got a thing about humanity at the moment, but um, the whole, the whole, um, occasion was just um i sat in a park and drank um non-alcoholic prosecco that was my tip to um you were living on the edge yeah living on the edge exactly i wanted to stay awake and alive really (laughs) drunk anyway um all power to you know i i i hope i don't know i i just have a, a trying to take this country gently at the moment because it's one thing after another, you just can't um, can't take anything seriously, if you know what I mean. And um, I try and keep away from reading comments on Twitter. <laughs> so when I do that, I think, oh God, Twitter's just, not good. Twitter's not good for the blood pressure, is it? It isn't actually. I just no. yeah, I have to yeah, I just have to stop it. Um, but yeah, I, he's king. He's our. He's been crowned now. So here we go. Michael, would you, would you have been frustrated? I mean, are you, you've arrived, as Lola says, you've arrived early, but you don't know you have. You think no, other but, people are late. No, but, but, you, you'd, be swear, you'd be swearing like a trooper. Yeah, that, 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 you have to put us in the same box as, you know, the, the ironed newspaper and the toothpaste with his, with his the, the toothbrush with his toothpaste put on. He expects things to run in a certain way. And when they don't run that way, well, come on. Frustration sets in. You saw that with the pen at the um, uh, the, the, the the queen at the proclamation when the pen didn't arrive quick enough, and he got quite frustrated with them. But then I'm going to say, well, perhaps we set too high a standard. I'm going to say, sorry, mate, it's your job to set the standard, the national standard. You are you are one of our totems. You are one of our moral compi. Is that the moral compasses? It's not compasses. a mate. You're one of our moral compasses. So we should expect a higher standard. I'm sorry. So I was uh, shocked, surprised, concerned at his frustration for a few moments delay when many of us, many of us have daily have such frustrations upon us and we don't, we don't complain. We get on with it. You know, we have that sense of, well, let's get on with that. that, that that's, that's Britishness. We get on with it. We're in the queue. Well, well. You know, let's make the most of it. Maybe someone's, someone's give him, give him a butty or something to drink 
you know, calm him down, you know. As, as people do in queues. Yeah, send someone send someone over to Greg's. Just get get him something to to, to calm his nerves. Or alternatively, let him go in front. <laughs> so you won't get gone. You can go in front. That would have messed things up a bit, wouldn't it? You're a bit sorry you're too early. Go back. Five in the eye. Well, we can't keep you waiting any longer. This really is the end of episode 0410 of Five in the Eye. Thanks so much to Lola for joining us and giving her here constant views on the week's news. We hope to bring in more guests very soon. So watch this space. In the meantime, this is me, Michael Ohajuru, saying as ever, if you have been, thanks for listening. And this is Lola Hatmill saying goodbye and wishing everyone well for the week ahead. And this is Phil Woodford reminding you to keep an eye on the news as you never know what we'll be discussing on next week's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?